Well, praise the Lord. God bless you today. And welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells, and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us, regardless of everything going on around us. I hear a song in my head today. Let me sing a little bit for you. <clears throat> it's another day that the Lord has kept me. Come on. Y'all didn't know that song? It's another day that the Lord has kept me. Oh, yes. He has kept me from all harm and danger with my mind stay on him. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, and uncles out there, grandfathers out there, great uncles out there. It's another day. Hallelujah. That the Lord God Almighty has kept me. Hallelujah. He has kept me. Oh, glory. With my mind. Everybody losing their mind today. But my mind. And stay. Stay. On him. Oh, I like that. It's another day. Hallelujah. That the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Has kept me. Glory. He has kept me. From all harm. And danger. On the highway and the byway. Oh, he has kept me. With my mind, stay on him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bow your heads with me for a moment. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, before those that are watching this broadcast, listen to this broadcast, however they may be receiving this broadcast today. Hallelujah. I thank you for another day with my mind stayed on you. I thank you for another day for your grace and mercy and protection for me and those that are able to listen and hear you today and watch this broadcast today. I ask you to touch every liberal soul, even on this Father's Day, those that are fatherless, oh God. Cover their hearts and be with them, oh Lord God. Meet the needs in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bible. Amen. It is another day that the Lord has brought us. It is another day. Driving down the highway last night, coming home. I haven't been that way in years. And I couldn't really find my bearing. So it's another day that the Lord brought me. Because I almost missed the term. Actually, I missed the term. And God made a way for me to get back there. So I can get on the right road. It's time to get back on the right road. Today is part two of the message, it's time. So it's time, it was time last night for me to get back on the right road. Now I would have wind up somewhere else and probably it took me a couple of hours to get home because I lost my bearing. Knowing God is beautiful because He's real. I 
feel people. I feel bad for people that don't know God. I feel bad that people that, don't, that go to church and don't know God. I feel bad for people that call Jesus' name and don't really know him. Hallelujah. I feel bad for them because they don't know him. Paul said that I might know him in the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. He wanted to really know the Lord. Not just be a servant. Amen. It's time. Get your Bibles and go up me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 12. Bill with me, I'm drinking a little tea tonight. Oh, you see my cup, it's just tea, it's nothing. I normally have my, I got my water here. Let me have my water, but I have some tea. Here. Okay. Go to chapter 9 and verse 12 of Ecclesiastes. And it reads as follows. Always read from the King James Virgin Bible. Okay, it says, For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in a net of evil, in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of man snared in an evil time, in an evil time, when it falls suddenly upon them. Let me read it one more time. For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in the evil net, and the birds are caught in the snare in the snare. And so are the sons of man that snared in the in the, in an evil time when it suddenly falleth upon them. Today, people plan birthday party, Father's Day party, Mother's Day celebration. In the business world, they buy stocks, sign contracts for 10 and 30, 40 years. But the scripture here tells us that no man knows when his time is going to be. No man knows when judgment is going to fall on him. No man knows when an accident's going to take place. It's time that you wake up. It's time that you understand that time is in God's hand and he controls it. It is time that you understand that no man knows his time. Yesterday was easy going where I was going. Easy peasy, easy peasy. But coming back with another story. First of all, I went the wrong way. And I'm just study driving. And then I'm looking at the streets. I said, hold up. We're going the wrong way. We're looking at the streets. My wife saying, that's the wrong way. <laughs> I said, oh. I had to turn around, come all the way back up. And then when I got on the highway, it seemed different because it was nighttime. During the day, I just coasted down where I was going. But coming back, I stayed in all the way in the right lane. And I was driving like an old man, like my wife said. <laughs> I'm serious. You're driving like you old. <laughs> I guess she mean old. I, I, you know, I know people in their 80s, they be flying down the highway. So I must be a new old. I'm not in my 80s. Thank God. But the whole thing is, I was driving slow because I, I couldn't remember where I was going. And I've done this many times, but uh, it's been years since I did that. So when I finally got on the bridge, I still wind up in the wrong section. 
And because I wind up in the wrong section, I knew there was a turn. I want you to listen to this. I knew there was a turn I had to take. If I missed that turn, I could have wound up in four different places. And it happened once before because I was driving too fast years ago and I missed the turn and I wind up somewhere else and then I wind up on another highway. Then I had to come all the way back. It took me hours to get home because I decided to just fly by. So tonight, I, last night, I'm driving and I'm telling my wife, no, 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 no. I, it's, a, it's a short turn. She's already trashing me because I'm driving like an old man. So now I'm trying to drive more like an old man and I still almost missed the turn. I had uh, kind of backed up and I was able to make the turn. What I'm trying to tell you out of this is, you don't know when your time is going to come where you're going to have to try to figure out which way to go. Even though you've been down that road hundreds of times, something can change. You could be tired while you're driving and miss your, your uh, 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 uh. I know an individual that when they get on the highway, you have to remind them where to get off to go home because they'll keep driving. Like they, they're high, I call them highway first. They're a highway person. They could have been, they should have been a truck driver. They get out there and they go, and they're, they're having a good time driving, and they're going to drive right past the they, uh, uh, exit. And I say, where are you going? I'm going home. And they pass the exit home. I said, well, you got no home. <laughs> I didn't know you moved. But the whole thing here is time for us to realize that things can happen even when you are the expert at what you do. This scripture here is telling us as the fishes are in, in the lakes or out in the ocean or wherever man is fishing, they're not going by for somebody to catch them. People don't realize. They think the fishes are lining up and say, okay, I'm ready for you to catch me. And everybody lining up right behind them, catch me, catch me. No, the fishes are not lining up for you to catch them. They just going about their business. You just got a boat and you got a net. And while they're going by, you catch them. And unaware because it was time for them to pull up that net. And whoever was in that net was caught. And they wasn't letting them go. This scripture here pulls out something interesting about us, beloved. Today's topic is time part two to get you to see. Why you need to acknowledge God in all your ways and that He direct you'll be able to direct your path. So when this time of something happening that you didn't prepare for, that you had no idea was gonna happen, that God could be there in the midst with you. Because last night it could have been a disaster. Somebody could have ran right in the back of me because I had pulled over to the side and I wasn't fully on the side. Because one of those flying by cars could have whacked me. But thank God for his mercy. Amen. I always, when I go driving anywhere I go, or before I get, when I get in my car, I always bow my head and ask God for his traveling mercy that he will cover us with his precious blood, son, precious blood, and protect us while we're done. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Amen. I could get in my car and have the door still open, and some nut could come by and knock that car off the door. I'm not kidding you. Stuff like that happens. The birds, when you look at this scripture here, they even talk about the birds. The birds are planning to get caught in the snare. He just said, hey, I'm going to fly.
drive by tonight and I'm going to just drop by so they can catch me. No. No. I watched a video. This is interesting. I watched a video about a lion and a, a antelope. Uh, I, I forgot which one it was. And the, the, the lion was there confused. The lion was actually confused. You can see the lion in confusion. Because the animal stood there, ate like nothing was going on. And the lion is probably trying to figure out why isn't he running from me? He stood right there. The lion is standing right behind him trying to figure what is going on here. Why isn't he running? Because he didn't know what time it was. It was time for him to have been ran and gone, but he stayed there eating. Nobody else was around. He stayed there eating, and the lions decided, I don't understand why he's here. I'm supposed to chase him, catch him, and eat him. Uh, now I can't run after him and catch him, but I'm going to eat him. So when the animal turned around and looked at the lion, the lion looked at him. Yes, he did. He jumped right on him and ate him. Yes, he did. But it was the animal's fault. He didn't do it the way it was supposed to be done. Because the time for him to go, he didn't do it. It was time for him to be long gone. But he was still there, still there munching on the grass. And I'm saying to myself, this lion is behind you. Hello. I'm watching a video. I'm trying to scream like an animal. Hey, there's a lion behind you. He was too busy munching. You know, on the safari, the people on the safari didn't even try to warn the animal. They just videotaped it. You know how humans are. We see a fight. We're going we gonna to get our camera and we're going to videotape it. We're not going to help. We're not going to help. You see a burning car. They're going to videotape it. That's how we are. We're going to videotape the car burning, the house burning. And then, then we're going to put it on YouTube and tell everybody, I seen this house burning, that car burning. Did you try to help? Oh, no. I don't even want to video it. <clears throat> I'm sure that's how we are. They didn't even try to throw a stone or something to get the animal's attention. Nothing. It was time for them to warn them. But it was the animal's fault because he, it was high time for him to have been gone. And that's why, like they talk about the birds getting caught in the snare. The birds didn't plan to die that day when they got caught in the snare, but this animal planned his death. Amen. Did you hear what I said? The animal planned his own death. He might as well have had an obituary already written out on him. Uh, this day died uh, 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 me, Winnie, but God had planned to stay there for the lion to eat me. It sounds funny, but the animal actually planned his own death. So there was no reason for nobody to watch the video and cry the poor thing died. No! He knew that he sensed that lion was in. He stayed right there, so the lion ate him. Well, not like some fresh food. At least he had to, he said, I guess the lion was saying, well, I don't got to go chase after no meal tonight. The meal is here waiting for me, so I'm going to eat him. So he ate him. Just like the scriptures talk about a man don't know when his time is, when your death is going to be, when you're going to lose your job. I'm going to tell you something also about this. If you're not careful, you will cause yourself to get cut off. Did you hear me? If you're not careful, 
you will cause yourself to be cut off before time. It's time to wake up out of your spiritual and physical sleep. Get out of the lust sleep. Amen. Stop slumbering in lust and perversion. I know y'all want to hear Father's Day message. Okay. Y'all want to hear Father's Day message? Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that I might have it more, yet you might have it more abundantly. Then he turned around and said, I only say and do what I heard and see my father do. There you go. People say, we want to hear, we want to hear Father's Day message. Well, the Father's message is this, that he gave his son that we might be redeemed from sin. People send messages on Father's Day to their fathers and the gospel, their uncles and all this other stuff. But um, they admire their fathers, their uncles, if they were good. Let's sell on this so far. But how often? When people preach messages about Father's Day to make the men in the church feel good, how often do they preach about God the Father? Huh? How often do they preach about Almighty God and his ability to be a father to the fatherless, a home provider to the homeless, a feeder of the hungry, a clothing of the naked, I don't preach messages or teach Bible study to make a soul feel good. I ain't doing that. I ain't preaching you no Christmas message. I ain't preaching you no Father Day, Mother Day. I ain't into that. I want to tell you what God had to say. Well, don't say the Lord, except you repent, you're all going to perish. Ain't no sense sugarcoating it. Tell you something else. You, we all know today is Father's Day. But you, what about giving God the Father thanks and glory? you see in another day. Hmm? People don't even like to give offerings in church. They'll go out of their way. Listen to this. They'll go out of their way, some people, for their natural fathers. They're going to go out and buy their father this. They're going to go out and buy their father that. But when it comes down to God's house, they don't do it. They got this concept uh, uh, that I'm not giving pastor soul and so You ain't giving pastor soul and so nothing. You're supposed to be taking care of the work of God. Amen. I'm just telling you the way it is. Like it, I'll leave it. It's time that we get real with God. Amen. It's time that we stop pretending with God. It's time that we stop faking it with God and get real and live real. All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Let's talk about a little bit more about this time. 1 John. Chapter 2. And verse 18, listen to this. Little children, it is the last time as ye have heard 
that the Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Let me read it one more time. Uh, 1 John 2 and 18 said, Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that many Antichrist, the Antichrist shall come, even as now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it's the last time. Many people talk about this, about the Antichrist is going to come. Well, you notice there's many Antichrist acting folks today. What is Antichrist? He's anything against God. He's a, he's a duplicator. He's a duplicator and incriminator. Amen. He's a duplicator, incriminator, and a liar, and a fake, and a fraud. I'll say it again. He's a duplicator, liar, a fraud. That's the big one. He's a fraud. He duplicates. He tried to intimidate and incriminate the people of God. But he's a fraud. The many antichrists, the spirit of antichrist, the antichrist himself isn't here walking in full knowledge now, as of the moment. But the spirit of antichrist operates through many different modes. You need to know what time we're living in. This is what the Lord was trying to get people to understand. You need to know what time it is that we're living in. It is time that you awaken spiritually and understand that we are living in the last day. I know you scuffers out there say, I heard that 50 years, the 50 years that, that uh, the, the Lord is going to come. The Lord is going to return. The Lord is going to return. He is going to return, whether you like it or not. And if you die in your sleep, he's going to return for you real quick. And what's going to happen, you, you have to stand before him and give account for your actions. Many antichrists are anti-God, but they also use spiritual trickery to get people. You got to understand the time we are. I was watching a video with a so-called known prophet. He's supposed to be prophesying to the people, and the people were cussing him out. Huh? <laughs> ah, the man was cussing him out. I'm not repeating what he said. He cussed him out. He's supposed to be prophesying to him. And uh, trying to. He was trying his best. He was trying his best to convince the people. I want to tell you something. I want you to understand it's time that you understand that real men and women of God do not have to try to convince a soul. A real prophet from God does not have to try to convince you that they're from God. These guys today go through all kinds of changes to get you to believe that they God has sent them when they're guessing 90% of the time and they're hoping you bind it. They're looking in your eye when they're trying to figure out if you bind what they're saying. Huh? If God tells me to tell you something point blank, I'm going to tell you and I'm going about my business. I'm not going to be guessing. I think that you was born on the 5th of May and that, that's right, right? No, 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 no. That's that spirit that's from the <laughs> devil in you. That's not God. God, God is not the author of confusion. Amen. God don't lie to people. And one thing I like about God, God ain't in a guessing business. He don't run around guessing nothing. He's going to tell you you got on a black blouse if you got on a black blouse. He's not going to tell you, I think you got the lady there. I think there's a lady in here that got a black blouse on and, and, and with red buttons. No, 
Like I said, there's a lady sitting in a row over there. She has a black blouse, a black blouse on the red buttons. God wants to deal with you, whatever. You going? He's going to give you exactly. He's not going to guess. God isn't in a guessing business, beloved. It's time that you understand that God, who lived there evermore, has never been in a guessing business. Y'all running around looking for a blessing? If I were to tell you God's not in the blessing business, you say I'm a false prophet, right? All right, goody for you. Guess what? God is a blessing. God is a blessing. It's not a business for him. He is a blessing. You got it all wrong. God is the blessing. Jesus God. You don't believe me? Okay, read the scripture and say, well, thank God, thanks be unto God for the unspeakable gift. And the unspeakable gift and that blessed hope. Ha! God is the blessing. Hmm? He's not getting into the blessing business. I know all these preachers running around saying, God is in the blessing business. No, God is the blessing. He said he's blessed forevermore. He ain't getting in no blessing business. Find out what time you living in. Everybody walk about they want to be blessed. Live right. That's the problem with the church. The problem with the church is they're looking for a blessing. <laughs> oh my goodness, isn't it so funny? You're looking for a blessing and you're already blessed, number one, that you say. You're blessed that you woke up in your right mind because somebody did not. Why I was in the city of New York yesterday. I got to see more people sleeping in the street than I ever seen in my lifetime. I've even seen people with luggage bags and they sleeping all comfortable in the street like it was nothing. I mean, literally sleeping. I'm, I'm talking about sleeping in the street. Know what time we living in. All the people walking by could care less about them. You know why? You want me to tell you why? Because it's the day and time we live in. They're used to this thing now. They're used to seeing people sleeping on the street. It's a normal thing now. So seeing that lady over there, somebody even go by and talk to them. How you doing, How you doing? They do it all. This is normal. You got to understand the time that we're living in. You need to understand it's time that you wake up out of your sleep. God is a blessing. And anything that's involved in God is blessed. The people got to sort of twist up. God is in the blessing business. God is a blessing. This word of God is blessed forever. Anything about God is blessed. Only time that be, things become cursed when he say that you don't walk out of the way, you walking in the curses. Amen. He said he'll bless you going in and bless you coming out. He is a blessing. Amen. He's the blessing. The devil is the one that called you to be cursed. Could you follow him? The devil ain't got no blessing for you. What he's going to offer up is curses. He's going to paint them up, look like they're blessings, but they're curses. Those birds. Didn't ask to get caught in a snare. Those fishes didn't ask to get caught in the uh, in the uh, uh, nets, but they were going about their business in the nets and the snares, but laid in place for them. The man knew which route they was taking, and they put them there to catch them. And that's how the devil do. You need to know what time you're living in. The devil placed down nets and snares to cause you to miss your eternal redemption. 
He puts down snares to cause you to miss out with God. God is the blesser because he is the blessing. Let me pray for those watching the broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul that's watching this broadcast right now on the television. Oh, God, I ask you to touch their lives, break yokes in their lives, and meet the needs of their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you watching this broadcast right now, you could catch us on uh, YouTube, the full message on YouTube on the Tabernacle Deliverance. INC.org. I think you can still look for the tabernacle deliverance with Pastor Bernard Well. Pastor Bernard L. Well. But the whole thing here is the enemy calls you to not, you know what? If you really think about the 10 virgins, you're going to see about how time and the devil works. All ten virgins, according to the scripture, slumbered upon their bed, and they all slept. But when the bridegroom called, they all got up, got ready to meet the, the bridegroom. But only five had cat, like, all you left in their laps. The other five did something with their lap. I don't know when they did it, but they did it, and they had none. It was time to go meet the bridegroom. But now the five unwise had to go take the time. That time that they were supposed to be meeting the bride, the, bride, the bridegroom, they had to take time and go find oil, and which they did not because he left. He wasn't awake. I know a friend in the ministry. She had a, she had a history. I heard the story about how she operated. She's all fine when she's around you, talking with you and everything. But beloved, the minute... She's ready to get in that car, that van of hers. She gets in that van. And if you ain't in that van at that time, she's leaving you. Did you hear what I say? And she's done it. I've seen her do it. And one of the funny things about this is, one of the funny things about this is, we were all together. And I, I, I we were all fellowshipping together. And I came upstairs, I came upstairs, and some of the young people were still there. So one of the elders said, what y'all still doing here? Oh, she left. No, no, they said, oh, we need a ride. You need a ride? Where's your ride? She left us. Because they were fooling around doing all this other stuff, but they already knew. When it's time, she leaves. She ain't waiting for you. That's her history. If she say we leave it at 10.01, believe me, she's been in the car at 10, uh, 5, uh, 9.59 already. She's ready to go. And so now everybody's scooting around trying to figure out how they're going to get them back to New York. Amen. Hey, that Pastor Wells, you go down. Me? Don't look this way. I'm not going home tonight. So I don't know what y'all gonna do. So, so the one that had to take them home was screaming mad. They had to go all the way back and come back. You gotta know what time it is. Amen. The Bible teaches us in the time for everything, but some people don't want to accept that. They think everything is gonna revolve around them. That's why they got left. Amen. Let's move on. Let's go to Mark 13 and 13. Excuse me, Mark 13 and 31, 33. Mark 13 and 33. 
Let's talk a little bit more about this. Let's talk a little bit more about this time. Listen to what it says in Mark 13:33. Take heed. Take ye heed. <coughs> Excuse me. Take ye heed. Watch and pray. For ye know not what the time is. I'm going to read it again. Take ye heed and watch and pray. For ye know not what the time is. This is something we often do. You have to take heed. It's something you've got to do. Look at that verse. Look at that verse. Take ye heed. What do you mean? Wake up and see what time you're living in. Now, if you know, you got to be to work at 9.30 in the morning. You can't be up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Driving around. Talking about, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Because you're going to sleep past your time. You're supposed to be getting about 7. And you, you're going to sleep till about 8.30. You might even sleep past 9.30. So the human body, when it's tired, they're going to sleep. It's going to dreamland. You're going to be dreaming away. But the scripture tells us to take heed. Take ye heed. Watch and pray. What did it say? Watch and pray. Well, you know not what time. Look, look, well, look what it says. Well, you know not when. The time is. Well, you know not when the time is. What is he talking about? You don't know when the time is when you're going to die. You don't know what time things going to happen all the time. You know why? Because the less you know helps you not worry. The more you know, the more you're going to worry. Because if you're a person that worries, the more you know, the more you're going to worry. If you're a person that trusts in God and leave everything in his hand, the more you know you're going to rely on God. I'll say it again. The more you rely on God and the more you know about things, get rid of how you're going to just lean on it and expect him to work it out. But when you're a person that worries about everything, because they got many so-called safe folks, that's all they do is worry. That's all they ever do is worry about everything around them, and the scripture don't tell you that. That's the spirit of slumber and error. You can't be worried about things and talk about, oh, thank you, Jesus. No, 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 no. Look at that verse. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Remember I told you about me driving down the highway? Now, before I left where I was, I had no idea that was going to happen. I had no clue. That, that wasn't even in my mind when I left. We're not always going to know, but thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord, that we're able, through him, to succeed and arrive. It's really important that you understand that this is why, again, we go back to the beginning of the message about me acknowledging God when I get in my car before I go anywhere. You may laugh, but I'm acknowledged. You know what? I watch a lot of movies and stuff or, or, or TV shows that I've seen in the past, 
and they, I like to watch. I like to watch eating uh, a food show. So a lot of times I watch a food show, the people don't even take time to bow your head and thank God. They just eat it. And I just think about people go to restaurants. Listen about the time we're living in. They go to restaurants and eat and never prayed over the food. Some of them get real sick. From the food that they ate. Hey, it could have had food burn disease. You don't know. When you go out and eat, you got to know what time it is you living in. And the day you're living in that you need to acknowledge God. And ask him to bless and cleanse the food that you're about to receive. Because <clears throat> you don't know. The prepared food could have the virus or anything else, not just the virus. They could have been sick from something else and they sweat fell into the food. I'm just telling the truth. I know I personally knew a chef. He told me how it works. He said, new rule number one, only send your food back once. I said, why? He told me a story why. And then for now, after I heard that story, it stayed with me. Only send your food back once because when you get when it goes back twice, you're not getting the same food back. It's going to have something else in it that you really don't want. And you would never eat. So only one. <clears throat> and be careful we eat. So the scripture says, take ye heed, watch and pray for ye know not when the time is. You don't know. The Lord is warning us in this scripture. Now we take heed. You take heed. I take heed. What time it is. And when these things going to happen? You know, I, I watch uh, uh, business shows and stuff. And they talk about, uh, they've been talking about the uh, recession. They talking about another recession coming, how you can prepare for the recession. You can put this aside and you can put that aside and a blah, blah, blah. Well, you can put all your money aside in that bank and the bank fail. <laughs> you can put all your money aside in that bank and the bank fail. You can buy all the stock that they're talking to you to buy and that company is the one that failed. I'm not telling you to invest and put your money away. I'm not saying. I'm just giving you actual examples of what can happen. And it has happened in the past. When it comes down to recessions, it has nothing to do with God because he's not recessed. Amen. I'll say it again. When it comes down to recessions, God isn't recessed. He's going to make a way for you. But you got to live right. You got to trust him. You got to depend on him and expect him to make a way for you. That's the time you need to know. You need to know the time that God is ability and his capability to provide for you. Provide for your job. Or job, cause jobs or, or people losing their jobs, they hold. You got to know that God is a keeper of his word for you. Oh, you got to be a keeper of your word to God also. But that's another problem we have today. People are not keep up their words. Preachers not keeping up their words. Only person I know to keep their word is God. He said, I come that you might have life. Oh, there you go. Then he said, I'm not a man that I should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. God, you ain't going to lie to you. Man, I lie to you. A preacher, I lie to you. But God never lies. He don't fail. 
There is no failure in the God as the song says, there is no failure in God. There is no failure. I realize that because we don't know what time it is, we say God can't do this and God can't do that. But that God said, is my hand shown that I cannot save? Is my ear heavy that I cannot hear? He can hear and he can save. It's time. It's time for us to wake up out of our sleep so we can receive what God has for us. You know what? Most of the stuff that God has for you, check this out. It was done before the foundation of the world. It has your name on it. You don't need nobody to prophesy it to you because the Bible says eyes have not seen, mean no prophet seen it. Ears have not heard, no apostle heard it. Neither has it entered into the heart. Okay? No archbishop or none of them other jokers seen it. The Bible says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered the hearts of man, the thing that God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love God? It's time to love God so you could get what he has for you. Now look at the scripture also. It says, no good thing will God withhold from them that walk uprightly before him. Or walk uprightly before the Lord. Walk uprightly before the Lord. Take heed. Watch with your eyes and pray. Stop walking around with your eyes closed. Wake up. Well, I need to have a big giant alarm ring and wake you up. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 5. Listen to this verse. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Let me read it one more time. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Hmm. Do you understand that? It's a time to cast away those stones in your life. It's time to cast away those people that's pulling you down. They're like stones that you're walking on that's hurting your feet. Then it's time to gather new stones and new friends that's going to help you get to the destination that you desire to go. And reach. A lot of people have never reached their destinations in life because they had the wrong type of stones that they were walking on. Did you hear what I just said? They were walking on the wrong type of stone. And they were hurting their feet. They had to keep stopping 
and rest because the stones were hurting their feet like pebbles do. You ever been on a beach and it got pebbles and stones and you're walking and you're hurting your feet and then some of them pebbles are hot from the sun. Time to let them go, cast them away, get them away. Get rid of those stones and embrace new stones. New friend, new idea, new challenge. It is time to wake up. The route you've been going all your life is all wrong. This is why you can't get anywhere. This is why you're not. You're stuck. When a snowstorm comes and people are on the highway, if they're not smart, they get in a horrible car accident. I was watching one video a while back, and it was sad because the man was driving right up on the truck, in the back of the truck, and in the snow. I don't know why he was driving in the back of the truck. That's the dumbest thing in the world to do to drive in the back of a truck in the snow. But he was driving, and they were driving in the back of the truck, so then another truck came sliding down and pushed the car underneath the truck. Killed him. Pushed the car from the impact of them sliding down the hill, pushed the car, the entire car, underneath the truck. There was nothing nobody could do but bury him. It's time that you understand these things. When it's bad weather, stop playing with the weather. Get off the road. I seen, I was watching one video, this guy was sliding by in the snow. He must be thought it was a joke, but the joke ended real quick for him. Because he lost control of his vehicle. One year, one year, some years ago, I was coming home from work. And it was raining pretty hard. This man went flying by me in a brand new car. He was showing me how fast he could go. We was on the bridge, beloved. We was on the bridge. Next thing I know, I'm driving up on further on the bridge. I seen his car stuck between the bridge and the water. You know, they have that little dividing thing. He was stuck between that with his car. I just kept right on going. I guess the ambulance will be coming. They'll, they'll see if they can get you out of that. I, you know, not going to do. It's, 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 you you got to understand what time we limit. You don't go speeding down a highway in the rain. Amen. That's stupid. I don't care mama's technology your car has. Whatever's in front of you may not be able to stop. Or maybe it'll hit his brake. Look at that verse, beloved. Look at that verse. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. You got to understand this. Some people don't realize it's time for their child to go to college and they try to hold on to that child and keep that child from going forward. I'm not going to let Johnny go. And the husband is saying, let him go. They got to go to school. No, 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 my baby, my baby. Some of these people cuckoo. That child need to grow on and live and learn God for themselves. They can't learn God based off of you. 
you could only show them by the life that you live, but they got to get to know God for themselves and begin to trust God for themselves. It's a time for embracing, and then it's a time to stop embracing. Are y'all hearing me today? It's a time to embrace people. It's a time to embrace away, and it's a time from a refrain, from a refrain, from embracing. So somebody said, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm." Well, I guess you're telling me I should uh, embrace the LBGQT, boom, the gay community. Like I can't dig up so many letters. I ain't embracing no gay community. I ain't embracing no alcohol community. I'm not embracing sin. That's sin. Love me or leave me. Make me no difference. I love people. I love the souls of man. That everybody be saved. Amen. It's a time to embrace. I didn't tell y'all to run around telling y'all y'all hate gay people. I didn't ever tell nobody that. You got you're supposed to love people and hate the sin. That's why they got us all crossed up. The politicians got us all crossed up, and some some of these so-called Christian churches got it all crossed up. They hate people that's gay. Them people are in error. You're supposed to love the soul and hate the sin. Then they got this thing, we're better than you. ain't better than nobody. We were all born in sin. Our mother shaped us in iniquity. What are you talking about? It's time that you wake up and realize that we were all born in sin. My sin ain't better than your sin. Their sin ain't worse than your sin. Your sin is sin. The Bible said, except you repent, you all, A-L-L, is going to perish in your sins. I don't don't condone in no gay church because God never had one of those. You only have one church, the church of the living God, and that's the holy church. So let's just get that straight right now. Don't go say something I didn't say. I love the sinner. I hate the sin. You got to love what God love and hate what God hate. Amen, amen. You want to get in tune with God? Love what God hate. Love what God loves and hate what God hate. So the scripture says, a time to cast away stone. And a time to gather stone, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain. Stop it! It's the only way I could get it. Stop embracing sin! You start embracing people, you start embracing their sins! I love them. I, 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 can't, I just love them. You love them? Loving a person and telling a person the truth is two different things. I tell people the truth. I love them. I got relatives I love. I don't agree with their lifestyle. Some of them don't care if I agree or not. But it makes me no different because I'm not going along with their mess. You got to understand what the scripture teaches us here. There's a time to show people love and embracing them. There's a time to refrain from embracing people and say, I'm not going along with that mess. You got to understand what the scripture says here. You got to understand what God is saying in the scripture that there's a time that he said to stop embracing these people. You're making them feel good and sin. You're making them feel comfortable and doing wrong. He said, come out from amongst my beings, separate them, God, and I will receive you unto myself. You got to know when to stop. Embracing them. Let's move on.
Let's go to Haggai chapter 1 and verse 5. I'm going to try and finish up this message today. Haggai chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 1. And verse 5 and 6. And it reads as follows. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your way. Verse 6. Ye have sown much and brought in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe, ye clothe you, but there is none warm. Ye eat and he that earned wages, earned wages, and put it into a bag with holes. I'll read it again. Haggai chapter 1, 5 and 6. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, consider your way. The Lord of hosts, consider your way. Verse 6, ye have sown much and bring a little. Ye eat and have not enough. Ye drink, but ye, not, ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages, and put it into a bag with holes. Now, therefore, don't stay up the Lord. Consider. What did he just say? Consider. Think about the way you live it. Think about the route you're taking. Think about the things that you're doing. Think about what time it is and what you're doing with your time. You only get 24 hours in a day. Think about what you're doing with your time. Are you glorifying God with your time? Yeah. Verse 5. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider them. Think about them. Think about the way you're going. And who you're doing it with. Verse 6. Ye have sown much and bring a little. <laughs> you sold so much religious stuff and you bring a very little. Oh my God. You sold so much religious stuff and you bring a so little spiritual life. Huh? You sold so much religious things to be seen, but you show so little spiritual life before God. You can't live that way. It's time to stop living that way. So and so much religious stuff in your church to impress people and in the community. And you sow so little spiritual stuff of spiritual life. Ye eat and have not enough. You ever see the person they eat? I mean, they eat and they're still hungry. Yes, like the children of Israel. God fed them with manna from heaven, and they stood with lust and want more. Give me more! But you ain't ate what you got. Give me more! The food in their mouth, and they're lusting and begging for more. That's us. We can't get enough. We can't get enough. We can't get enough! Gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. That's what they used to say. 
Give me more. I want more. You eat. And you don't have enough. The children of Israel was in that state of mind. They never were ever to be filled because they would never stop asking and stop lusting after stuff. They would never stop asking. They were aggravating before God. He said, I'm feeding you, you're begging for food. Amen. God bless people with jobs, cause them to receive jobs. Because he's a giver of blessings, because he's a blessing, he gives them the job. They begging for another one, and they just got there. They ain't put no time in yet, and they begging for another job. Verse six: Ye have sown much and bring a little, but ye have not enough. Ye eat, but have not enough. Ye drink, and ye are not filled with drink. Yeah. Nothing is filling you up. I could drink a cup of tea or coffee and it'll fill me up if I have a roll or something with it or a bagel. Fill me up for hours. But there's some people, I don't care what they eat, what they drink, they'll never be filled. They need the bread of life. They need the living waters in their life. It said you clothes. And there's none warm. That's that's being in a bad state. You dressed up warm. Everybody else is warm but you. Because the heart is cold and dust. The heart is cold and dust. It needs cleaning. It needs, we need flushing. It needs flushing. Before God. Now, the last part of this verse, scripture is about a lot of people. It says, And he that earneth wages... Put it into a bag to hold. Did you hear what I just read? He that earned his wages, put it in a bag with holes. <clears throat> Have you ever had pants with holes in the pockets? People work and work. And work and broke and broke it and broke them. It's not how much money you make, it's what you do with the money that you bring home. Married couples used to put their money together and pay all the bills, and then everybody had to have whatever left over, they split amongst themselves. But if one of them don't do that, do they part, they're going to have holes in their pocket. You could work. I make. I know somebody that this happened to. They were making over $100,000 a year, broke every day of the year. You have to manage your money. You have to ask God. To help you manage your money, you need to pay your tithes and earth, or no, give your first fruits. You got to follow the scripture to be truthful. Now, under the Old Testament, it said, give a tenth now what you earn to the Lord, not to preachers, to the house of the Lord, that they may be made in this house. Under the New Testament, he said, give them your first fruits of your earning. 
One of the reasons why people stay broke because they don't they they claim and they say because they will not do what they're supposed to do. When we don't do what we're supposed to do, we're not going to receive the spiritual blessings that's there. We're not going to receive them. You're only fooling yourself. Go on and get another job. It'll be the same thing over and over and over and over because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. When you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to have these problems. Did you hear what I said? You're going to have those problems. You're going to be the guy, a girl, with holes in your pocket, paying unnecessary expenses when you don't have to. Amen. You got to do this thing right. You want to know something? When I was when I first got saved, uh, a lot of the brothers and sisters that went to church with me, they were upset. They were upset because um, they got saved and they no longer drink and they no longer smoke, right? Amen. They no longer drink, smoke, go to the clubs and all that other stuff. And then they were mad with God because they were broke every week. Now, we all know back then, a lot of these uh, Caucasian companies wasn't playing, paying black folks properly. They were mistreating them, not paying them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these people who are not doing what they're supposed to do with their finances. Even though they no longer drink, they no more smoke, they should have lots of money, but they're still wasting it. If you don't manage your money, if you don't manage your gas that you need, you know the gas prices are out of this world today. You know you. You need a hundred dollars of gas to get you back and forth to work. Why would you go spend that hundred dollars? How are you going to get to work? What's going to happen? You're going to be borrowing money from everybody there so you can get gas in your car. Amen. You know five dollars of gas is not going to take you fifty miles. Amen. Stop being Amen. stupid. Amen. You know five dollars not going to do that. Stop that nonsense. Oh, God's going to bring me through. No, you took the hundred dollars of gas you had and you wasted it. And now you're looking at God, God. And then you get upset with him because your five dollars is not going to stretch you for 50 miles. That's 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 foolishness. You got to know what day and time you live in. If you know the gas is six ninety nine. Why would you take your gas money? And go out and have a good time with it. Oh, I'm taking sister and brother. So and so we going out to eat. Amen. But you know you need that money for next week for gas. Oh, God, I make a way. <laughs> God is saying, what's wrong with these people? You know what the Bible says? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He didn't say a lack of money. He didn't say a lack of food. He didn't say a lack of clothes. He said a lack of knowledge. Amen, amen. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say do? He said, search the scripture for him, and you think you have eternal life? That's us. Hmm. We ain't getting the message. We not getting the revelation. We ain't getting it. We not getting the revelation today. Bags with holes in them. Overdrafting nonstop. Overdrafting your credit, your checking account unnecessarily. 
I know I know a couple of people that overdraft every week, every week. I couldn't believe it. Pulling out money they don't have and they paying $150 uh, overdraft fees. And when they get their paycheck, it's $150 short. And then they're upset. <laughs> you have to have the Lord to lead you and guide you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 16. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5, one more time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Amen. How can you redeem time? Stop wasting it. When you stop wasting your time on people that's not interested in you. You know this one-sided love thing people have? One-sided love. Oh, I just love him. I just love him. I just love him. I just love him. And they ain't even thinking about you. You waste all your time daydreaming and lusting after them that they love you and they don't even think about you. You're not even on their radar. Or ain't all or overall enough. You are nothing. They're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about you. And you waste all your time. When God has something for you or someone for you, you're wasting your time with somebody that God said you're never gonna have. I'm never giving you them. They don't want you, they don't desire you, and I don't want you to have them. But you spend all your time praying for somebody that God said, I don't want you to have. I know y'all quoting that scripture says, God said you have that because you asked not. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's telling all that way. He's acknowledging me or direct your path. If it's not for you, he's going to tell you that. So stop praying for what's not yours. Stop praying Amen. for somebody else, husband or wife. Amen. And he has somebody for you. It says redeeming a time because the days are evil. Amen. We're living in evil days. People going to church and shooting up people. People going to school shooting up people. People going in a daycare center shooting up people. People going in hospital shooting up people. Because the devil put some thought in their head. Man goes in the hospital, shoot up the people because he's in pain. He thinks the doctor did it to him. The days are evil because the devil is the prince of the air. That's why we have Christ Jesus to keep us and guide us and protect us. As we go through life each day, we have Christ Jesus. We have to trust him. Redeem your time by stop wasting your time. It's time to stop wasting your time. It's time to stop wasting your days. You only get 24 hours in a day, 60 minutes in an hour. Amen. 30 seconds, 60 seconds in a minute. What are you wasting time for? Wasting time. Arguing with your boss. Wasting time. Arguing with your spouse. Wasting time arguing with your children. 
You want peace in your house? You want peace on your job? Amen. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, study to be quiet. <laughs> oh, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that scripture because that means we can't let people know where we're coming from. We can't let people know where we're coming from. I'm going to put my salvation on the mantle and I'm going to tell you a piece of my mind. You don't got much mind now. Don't do that. The Bible says, study to be quiet. You win more battles with your mouth shut. Pray within yourself. You win more battles. Pray within yourself. Learn to pray within yourself. Keep your mouth shut. Stop arguing with people. Redeem your time so you can be more effective, so you can be more efficient. Do you know what business they have, what they call time management? Managing your time, what you're doing for eight hours a day. Some of us write everything down so we can get accomplished those tasks for each day. You have to manage your time. Amen. You got to redeem your time because the days are evil. Time is not going to redeem itself. You got to redeem it by what you do with it. Let's move on. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. And verse 5. Listen to this verse. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. I'll read it again. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. What is he saying? Walk in wisdom. Now listen to this stuff right there. Wisdom is something you ask God for if you don't have. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let, the after, ask, let him ask the Father of light, who give liberally and upright if not. He's willing to give it to you freely. If you need wisdom, you got to ask. You have not because you ask not. Ask him. He'll give you wisdom and plenty of it. Now it says, let's move on. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Those are not saved, folks. Those are people that's not saved and don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. By you walking in wisdom with what you do and how you say and how you carry yourself. Amen. It's important that you walk a certain way, talk a certain way, and act a certain way before those that's not saved so they can see Christ living through you. You have to allow Christ to live through you. He's dead. You have to allow Christ to walk in you, talk in you. Oh, come on. You got to allow that. That's something you got to allow, beloved. You look at the scriptures. You have to allow Christ Jesus to live through you each day. On the job, in the home, in church, in church above all, in church. But everybody go to church ain't saved. Some will never be saved. But they go to church. Ask Hester Bell. Okay, so look at this verse. Verse 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are out, redeeming the time, that you can redeem the time as you walk before the unsaved people, unsaved relatives, unsaved friends and family and co-workers. You can redeem the time that way. By you way you walk. By you doing your work 
and getting your work done, asking God to give you an efficient spirit. Listen to this. Yeah. Asking God to give you an efficient spirit to get your work done early. Get your work done right. Ask God to give you an efficient spirit to get the job done right. Ask God to give you an efficient, uh, efficient spirit to be a good father. To be a, you don't have to be with the woman. Yeah, if you're married to the woman to be a good father, take care of your children. You want to talk about Father's Day? Take care of your children. You want to talk about Mother's Day? Take care of your children. Oh, that's Johnny's daughter. And you mistreated because you have you and Johnny had a fallout. Huh? Uh, uh, we only had a one night stand and she got she got pregnant. The child did nothing to you or her. Take care of the child. Amen. I'll say, take care of the child. Be a man about it and take care of your offspring, your seed. Let's move on. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 66. John chapter 6, verse 66. John chapter 6, verse 66. Listen to this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. I'll read again. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, many people have started out they went to the Lord, they gave their life to the Lord, or whatever they gave their life to the Lord. But soon as trials and tests arose, they went back. They won't walk with God no more. They couldn't take the trials and tests. But I'm going to tell you a little secret about that. God said he'll let nothing go on you more than you can bear. Some people never made up their mind to serve God. A lot of people make up their mind to get saved. I'll say it again. A lot of people never made up their mind to serve God, but a lot of people made up their mind to get saved. Oh, oh I'll bring it, I'll bring it out in a more in a, a simpler term. Many people go to AA to stop drinking, but they never made up their mind to give up drinking. You hear what I said? They went to uh, uh, AAA, uh, Drinking Anonymous Association. Or they went to a rehab. They were taking drugs. They made up their mind to go. They went, sobered up, came out, went right back to their drugs. They never made up their mind to stay clean. I read the story, watched the story about Ray Charles, the singer. Something took place. Someone died. He went to rehab. Oh, the girl had an overdose. Died. He went to rehab and cleaned up and never went back to drugs. Never went back. He made up his mind, I'm kicking this. I'm done with this. The same thing with sin. I'm done with it. The sin that will pull my life down, jack my life out. I'm going to get saved. Lord, save me right now. And they get saved. And they never go back. They never go back. There's people that get saved because they just wanted a quick change. They want a quick change. Lord, save me. They get saved and that's it. They never walk with God. 
They never made up in their mind. They never made up in their heart. Walk with God. Look at that verse. I'll read it again. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. People think everybody that walked with Jesus Christ on this earth stuck with him. He did not. They walked away. I'll never forget the brother when uh, 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 the church, the ministry I was dealing with was going through a change. And the brother got up and said before the whole church, Pastor, I'll die for you. I sat there and said, hmm. I told my wife, you hear that? The Bible said when they would, they cloud, they'll do this and they'll do that. They're the first one to leave you. And guess what? It's sure enough came. <laughs> he was the first one gone. When the heat got turned up. Many people walk away from God today simply because they, they cannot or will not allow God to direct their path. A lot of people don't want to walk with God anymore because they seen something happen in the church building. I, that's, that's their fault. Because if you base your salvation what people are doing in the church building, you're a fool. Amen, amen. I'm going to tell you the truth. You're a fool. Okay? Because you're saying what the scriptures are saying. In other words, the fool that's sitting there hot, there is no God corrupt and they. They've done abominable stuff. You're going to walk away from God because some you've seen some preacher do? I'm not serving God no more. The preachers are homosexuals and all they doing is run around with women and taking all the money. Now you done spoke for every preacher on the planet. I don't know how you got to see me and all these other preachers in their private life. You know, we are faggots and we are we are we are thieves, we are homemongers, and all you done you done told us you done told us all off that we all this. You don't even know us all. You don't even really know nothing about me until what I tell you about me. So how are you going to say they are bad? It has not. You know what? I don't care for no pastor that I sat under done. If everyone had a girlfriend on the side or a boyfriend on the side, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That don't have nothing to do with me living right. Amen. That has not that, that I didn't get saved for them. I got saved for me. I don't know what's wrong with people. It's time that you realize you're getting saved for you, not for your mama, not for your grandmama, not for some preacher. None of that. You get saved for you. You're gonna stand before God for what you did in your life, not there. The preacher's gonna give account for the sheep that they were put over. What they did them right on this letter, they're gonna give account. But you. You're going to give a of what you did in your body. How you live, how you walk, how you talk. It's time that you realize that. People walk away from God because of all of the dumbest stuff. I remember there was a young man. He surprised me by saying this. I had just been saved for a few years, maybe four or five years. That brother said he was waiting for an opportunity to backslide. I never heard that before in my life. He was actually waiting for somebody. He said, I was just waiting for somebody in the church to say anything to make me upset. I'm a backslide. Well, come push the shove. I guess somebody said something that made him upset, so he backslid. A couple of years later, I heard he was dead from AIDS. Did you hear what I said? A couple of years later, I heard he was dead from AIDS. He was looking for a quote, unquote, 
an excuse to backslide. He was already backsliding in his heart and didn't know it. You got to check yourself. You got to make sure you're walking in the faith. You got to make sure your heart is right regarding you in communication with God. Let's move on. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14 says, is anything too is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I'll read it again. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Hmm. Sarah was about to have a son for Abraham. The angel told him. But the question in this verse was, is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. You just never asked him to do nothing. What's hard in your eyes is simple in God. What's hard in your eyes is simple in God's eyes. This scripture shows us that according to the time of life, Sarah was going to have a child. Notice he said according to the time of life. He said, according to the time of life, because he knew a woman have nine months of carry. Huh? Everything God has for your life is already appointed. According to the time of life. You just got to get it. You just got to get what God has already appointed for your life. Oh, you got to hear me tonight. You got to get what God has already appointed for your life. Today, you're here. You're watching this broadcast, listening to this podcast, however you may be receiving this message today. It's time that you get what God has for your life. Repent of your sin. Ask God to direct your path. My path on it. My corny messages I, that I do. I seem probably worse than a frog when I sing. People be putting their feet in, they figure, oh my God, stop, stop. And I'm singing unto the Lord. So if you don't like it, nothing I can do about it. The life you live will speak for you greater than anything else, all the words you talk. You want to win those family members? You want to win those co workers? The Bible said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Let the Lord direct your path. Amen. Let the Lord work with you, and you work with the Lord. Don't take God as your co-pilot. Let God be your pilot. Today, you're here, and you don't know the Lord is your personal Savior. Let us pray, and you give your life to the Lord today. You can also visit our website, the Tabernacle of Deliverance, inc.org, and leave a prayer request testimony, or you can become a partner and help us with the ministry. Bow your heads and let's pray for salvation right now. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I ask you 
to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my heart and in my life to be my Lord and my personal Savior. It's time that I give my life to you and you help me live for you. I can't do it on my own. Help me to live for you each day. I accept you as my personal Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary and rising on the third day and sitting on the right hand of God the Father. I thank you for coming into my life as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, now listen, beloved. Your acceptance of prayer and repeating that simple prayer, and you believe in Christ to come into your life. Those of you that need prayer, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every little soul that's under the sound of my voice. Strengthen and encourage them and give them a mind to serve you. Give them strength to overcome, oh God. Give them a strong spirit to stand the storms. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it, beloved. I'll see you on next Sunday at 515 off a of Bible study at 815 on Wednesday night. God bless.